I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking to Mike Amadi, Global Director of Medical Security at Codenomicon, the security testing company that recently uncovered the Heartbleed Internet website vulnerability. Mike will be discussing the security risks that Heartbleed and the recent Internet Explorer vulnerabilities pose to medical devices, as well as other emerging cybersecurity threats facing healthcare organizations. Hi, Mike. Hello. Now, your company uncovered the Heartbleed bug, so let's start there. What are the biggest risks that healthcare organizations are still facing concerning the Heartbleed bug, and why? Let's start by saying that one of the biggest, I guess, if you will, misunderstandings is that it really only affects websites and web servers. Anything that has the affected versions of OpenSSL or TLS installed on it, uh, that means any medical device, any medical system, web server, MRIs, any handheld devices, any sort of embedded system that's on a healthcare network is affected, uh, either client or server side. So a lot of people think that it's really limited to just the web servers. There's literally uh, an untold number of devices. And I think the biggest issue is that right now a lot of healthcare organizations are not even fully aware of how many devices in their networks or in their organization are actually affected by the bug. Because in many cases, when they build systems, They, for example, may buy a real-time operating system for somebody that has uh, an affected version of OpenSSL embedded in it, and they are not even aware of it, or they just simply have not thought past the web server. So I think the biggest risk right now is, first of all, they're not even aware of how much uh, they're affected. And I think the other thing is that once they do discover that, then it's not as simple as issuing a patch in the healthcare space. Because devices actually have to take care of patients and work every time, as you know that uh, sometimes when you patch something, let's say your operating system on your computer uh, or a piece of software, and we've all gone through this, sometimes the computer doesn't reboot. Things stop working, and that happens all the time. Well, if that happens in the case of doing a patch to a medical device, then it stops working. That means that it puts patients at risk because they may need the device. So... It's not as simple as issuing a patch. They have to go through a process of actually validating that the patch itself is actually going to not cause another issue. To start with, those are some serious issues that I see. They could be years before it's resolved. So now, how should healthcare organizations go about identifying the medical devices that may be at risk with heart bleed, and what should they do to mitigate those risks? Well, there's a lot of different ways they could do it. Of course, we discovered it because we were testing a new feature in our software, and our software is actually uh, used by the FDA and currently uh, quite a number of medical device organizations and at least one provider organization today to actually test devices. And if they were actually to use our software, they could discover whether or not the heartbeat bug is present because that's how we discovered it as a new feature. They can also do static binary analysis, and our company has actually issued a free tool at appcheck.codomicon.com where you can actually upload a compiled binary or firmware image if you have that available to you, and it will tell you whether or not it's affected. And again, that's something we're offering as a free service right now. Additionally, there are other organizations that actually have come out with tools 
for checking with that. But I think the first step, of course, is to go through and check everything. Find out exactly anything that is running any sort of communication stack um, really should be checked. And unfortunately, in the hospital space today, uh, that's, that's a lot of devices. Even, for example, blood pressure monitors or uh, the cuffs, all those things that you see um, that are being used that are electronic today, they communicate over Wi-Fi networks or wired networks, and oftentimes they use OpenSSL. So start by checking everything, and then once you do, then you've got to go to the device manufacturer and say, hey, we need a fix. And if they can't get the fix right away, they're going to have to figure out another way to mitigate against that in their organization. So now, this week, the federal government issued a warning that users should avoid using Internet Explorer in light of a vulnerability that exposed the web browser to a zero-day exploit. What sorts of security risks do you think that poses to medical devices? Well, first of all, let me start by saying I'm not an Internet Explorer expert, but I do understand the way the bug works. Bug basically is a is an exploit. It's a flash exploit, and essentially what has to happen is a user has to click on a link and go to a site, for example, or it could be even an HTML email, for example, which is running a malformed flash website. What it does is it actually an exploit which bypasses certain security checks on the system and it allows a, an attacker to execute code on the system uh, when you go to the site. And if somebody has actually hacked someone's website, this could happen. I think the biggest risk it poses is that in hospital networks, there's a lot of systems where people, again, have to go to uh, external websites. And it could be somebody may actually attack a legitimate website that the hospital has to actually go to uh, on a regular basis, such as some sort of healthcare site or drug site or uh, maybe even the hospital's own, uh, own website, or if they're just simply, and this happens, of course, all the time, uh, deciding that they want to surf the Internet in their downtime and they can go to a site. So once they do that, if it's affected, um, an attacker can actually execute arbitrary code on the hospital network, and it could, essentially, and it could be anything. It could be a worm. It could be a piece of malicious code that actually goes through and finds information, uh, it could be anything. So the risk is actually quite high if somebody were to actually go out to the site. But I guess the good news is if, if they don't actually go to an affected site, it, it shouldn't affect anybody. But the bad news is that, uh, of course, it's very difficult to control that. Do you think medical devices that are web-enabled are vulnerable to this bug or this vulnerability from Internet Explorer, or what other systems within healthcare are probably most at risk, would you say? When you're talking about medical devices on a network, okay, that's a really broad category. So a small handheld patient monitor can be a medical device. A pacemaker can be a kind of a medical device. An MRI could be a medical device. A drug delivery system, which is a big workstation, could be a medical device. Some of these are running full-blown operating systems and browsers and such. Uh, those devices are potentially uh, easily affected. Others may not be. Where it really can be particularly insidious is depending on how the hospital actually segments their network. Some organizations, believe it or not, run everything on one network, everything. So let's say, for example, somebody enters through a browser but sends a warm into the network that can affect multiple types of devices. It may actually work its way into uh, any of a number of devices, whether or not they're even running a browser, because it simply moves through the network, finds something that it can infect, and infects it. So 
there's always the possibility that this could literally infect a lot of devices. But again, it's speculation. But you can't discount the creativity of a potential attacker. That being said, what would you suggest healthcare organizations do to mitigate those risks to their environments and their medical devices? Well, I think the first issue that we're running into, and I, I remember having a discussion earlier today on a mailing list about this, is that a lot of healthcare organizations are, are just not simply aware of the vulnerabilities in their environment. So the first thing, of course, is find out exactly where you're vulnerable or what you're vulnerable to. And then once you actually have an idea of what you're vulnerable to, then you can actually come up with some sort of an idea of how you're going to mitigate against those risks. So, for example, you say, hey, we're vulnerable to this particular type of an attack sent on our network, then perhaps potentially you might say, well, let's segment that network so that, it's, uh, that it can avoid that attack or put some sort of a rule in a firewall or simply go to a vendor and say, make a change to this so this attack can, uh, can no longer affect us. But again, unless you have an idea where your vulnerabilities are, it's very difficult for you to determine what the fixes are. For example, when you're going to work on a house because there's something that's not working or broken, you don't just simply pull out a, a staple gun and nails and just start putting up nails randomly. You determine what needs broken first, and then that's what you pick. First step is detection. As we all know, Microsoft recently stopped supporting Windows XP. What do you think are the biggest security concerns facing medical devices due to that? I've had this conversation with my colleague, uh, Dr. Kevin, Fu, uh, a lot of times, and he's talked about this frequently. So Windows XP is very, very prevalent in the healthcare space, not only on workstations, but actually on uh, medical devices themselves. For example, when you're looking at the interface on some patient monitors, uh, you're seeing a waveform, but underneath that is actually Windows XP at some time, as we discovered. So I think with any version of an operating system that Microsoft uh, ends support for, and they always give adequate notice when they do this, is that many of those devices are still functional and operating. And, of course, if they're working, most organizations are not going to even consider changing them out or fixing them, if you will. But because there's no support for the operating system, that means if any patch comes out for a serious problem, uh, let's say, for example, there was something at the level of a heart bleed that happened to an XP uh, going forward. Well, it's not a supported operating system anymore, so therefore there would potentially never be a patch issued for that. So that means that they have to cross their fingers and hope that between now and when the device is no longer functional, that no additional security issues arise in the operating system. Uh, and as we all know, that's not going to happen. It's a time bomb at this point. Finally, Mike, looking ahead, what do you think are the biggest emerging cybersecurity threats facing medical devices? The thing that concerns me the most is that there's a lot of very cool things medical devices can do with technology. It's actually great. Like, for example, you can now make an adjustment to a pacemaker using radio frequency, where in the old days you actually had to bore a hole through someone's chest. And as you know, that creates a much better quality of life. And you can actually do things like monitor patients uh, over the Internet while they sit in their own homes. There seems to be this move towards a lot more home, home-based health care and devices. And as these devices move out of a network, which has some sort of control exerted over it, into people's homes, all of a sudden you have a 
network medical device, which is an environment that you really have no idea what level of protection, security, or, or whatnot is, is available to it. So as that continues to happen, and technology continues to grow, and people build these great uh, new and powerful tools without them being properly secured, uh, and as they move out into the world, you're potentially creating a world of highly insecure devices. And again, if somebody were to discover some sort of an attack that can access these, these networks, this internet of medical things, if you will, then they can potentially cause harm to a, a very large population quite easily. So I guess the biggest emerging threat is the fact that they're building all this stuff, but we're really not seeing the uh, level of detail being, and attention being given to the security of these devices that should be in place. Thanks, Mike. I've been speaking to Mike Amadi. I'm Marian Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.